to the Total Car Score podcast, bringing you the world of cars from inside the car. And now your hosts, Carl Brower, Lauren Fix, and Javier Mota. Welcome back to another episode of the show. And today we're really, really honored to have one of the main designers in the world, Alfonso Alvaiza. And Alfonso, I know how much you love Miami and you know how much I love Japan. So we're, we're loving each other in the opposite direction today. <laughs> yeah, yes, Javier. And uh, thank you so much for, for our, our time this morning. And yes, well, Miami is my blood, so it, it's even more than love, I guess. But I love Tokyo yeah. also, so we're the same. Oh, we're good. And uh, we're here with Lauren, too. How are you, Lauren? You want to say hi? I'm good. Hello. Hello. Yeah, Javier and I were, are very honored to have you join us. It's uh, real exciting to hear what, you, what your thoughts are on all the new things that are coming your way and not, mm -hmm. like a bright future. Yeah, and Alfonso, we've seen the transformation of uh, Nissan in the last few years due to your work and your team. And we, uh, I was recently with a new Pathfinder. I had a first generation Pathfinder in Miami, and I love that car. And I think in this generation, it has come back to your roots. But it's not the only vehicle that uh, it's new for Nissan. I mean, Nissan is in a role, I think, to the new design, right? Yeah, it's... I mean, I'm super fortunate. Uh, it's it's a little bit of, you know, to be honest, uh, Nissan Next comes from a little bit of a dark place, actually. It's a wonderful place, but also we, you know, we all know what was happening with our company. Uh, and what happened yes. was, at the same time, management identified that while the port, even though we're dealing with so much stuff, we really need the portfolio to come back to life. So I suddenly had like 12, 13, 14 big, big programs all at once. And literally A to Z, it's a kind of cheeky expression, but it is fact. It's true. We were designing Aria all the way yeah. through Frontiers and Armada, big minor changes and Pathfinder and the Z car all at one time. So it, it was a wonderful moment where we can do some soul searching as a culture and design at the same time. And that's why I think for the rest of my life, I will look at the Nissan Next as a very special moment because we, at the end, through the crisis, found our soul. Yeah, I guess like uh, everybody else in, uh, in the dark moment, brightest moment comes after, right, Lauren? Yeah, that's true. I mean, you've gone through a lot, but Nissan has such a great history and your cars are everywhere across the United States and across the world. And I'm we're really excited to see what's coming up. I haven't had a chance to drive the Pathfinder yet. I had a conflict with another event, but I'm really looking forward to, to driving it. But just driving some of the vehicles that you've done besides that and what what is next for Nissan is exciting. I'm really excited to test drive that, that Z car. I think Javier and I Everybody looked is. at it and drooled <laughs> on it. Yeah, well, but that I had a Z car way back in the day. I had a 280ZX, so I, I do kind of miss it. It was always a fun car to drive, and I, I'm thinking that we're going to see those fun type of cars coming again soon. Yeah, all I can say is the head engineer told me that I, I probably will need more hairspray. <laughs> <laughs> That's when, funny. 
<laughs> so, Alfonso, do you want to go a little bit by th through the A to the C? I'm sure, like you mentioned it. And uh, the area is like a new era also for the company in a way, right? With the uh, electric powertrain. Very much. And it was, you know, of course, we're super, super proud that, you know, in design, we're usually about five years before. So LEAF has been out, of course, more a little more than 10 years. But in, in the world of design, it, it was older. And the, the, the beautiful part of LEAF is not only a, a technology, actually, it was that the company realized in the new world, you have to have relationships with governments. And uh, going around the whole planet, including myself, I was not head of design, but I was head of Europe at the time, to, to Lisbon and to all these, and Barcelona to participate in contracts about the charging network. So design was involved even back then. But yes, ARIA is a different game because ARIA also, when we saw the, the original engineering prototype, fundamentally was a blank canvas. We, we call it magic carpet, but because it allowed us to do some things. And especially at a time when we were thinking about what is the value of Nissan, like from a, from a, a person walking on the sidewalk, why should Nissan exist? And probably not so many companies are asking themselves that question. But, you know, for three and a half, four years ago, we were asking that question. And, uh, and what we found is that, you know, it, for me, it comes back to 1988, to be honest, personally, was my first trip to Japan. I had left New York where I was a, an art student and I was hired by Nissan. And I thought New York was the center of the world, right? And when I landed in Tokyo, I saw another world, like a parallel world, where all the things that I love about New York was there, but different, a kind of harmony, a kind of innocence, a kind of optimism, and a, a heavy dose of futurism. So this was it for me, the combination of aria and reflecting. I knew that this sense of the future today has to be Nissan. And that's so Aria, this we took full advantage of the new platform, even the you know, some companies use a, a storage in the front area. We decided to put all of the stuff that clutters the interior in there and to really give Aria this sense of unseen openness. And uh, but of course thrilling to drive and all of these things. So it was a wonderful thing. But like you're, you know, we were doing Frontier and Pathfinder at the same time. So how do we capture this Japanese futurism and this Japanese DNA in these vehicles, which are about adventure, ruggedness, and getting back to our own history? It was super, super exciting time. And as a result, we realized that for us, the beauty of Nissan is not that we have one language. The beauty of Nissan is very curious about people all around the world and that we should let the, the faces of those people be reflected in the body. So the Pathfinder, of course, we had to get back to our roots. We lost our way. And we studied very carefully what are the things about the first Pathfinder. Sorry, Javier, you were going to say. No, yeah, I was uh, going to introduce Carl that has joined us, and he was with me at the Pathfinder event. So how are you, Carl? And maybe you have a... Uh, I'm sure you have some questions to Alfonso about that car. 
Well, I thought it was clear that they, you know, wanted to move in the direction back toward the utilitarian vehicle, obviously, the more kind of rugged uh, look and design. Um, and I guess my question would be, you know, you've got things on one end of the extreme, like the Forerunner, and you've got things on the other end of the extreme, like, I don't know, these Buick station wagons that are utilitarian, but not meant to go off road. And there's a pretty big spectrum in between. And I guess my question would be, you know, where, where in that spectrum did you, do you want uh, Pathfinder to be and kind of how did you decide where you wanted it to be? You know, that's a great question because I think if you would have asked me 10 years ago or even five years ago, then, you know, the normal way is we look at the market and we find opportunities to that align with our company you know, pretty straightforward. And we would look at those extremes exactly like you said, but because of the spirituality of the company when we were developing this car, you know, we immediately recognized that we have people who love Nissan in the world, actually deeply. And it was very heartwarming to find it. And Pathfinder is one of those where we had what we call units in operation, which really means people who have decided to to buy a Pathfinder, to love a Pathfinder, and to have the Pathfinder be part of their their memories. So this a bit drove us. Um, and also understanding that the, the three-row SUVs are kind of getting softer and sleeker for many reasons. But we felt that this sense of adventure and this sense of dreaming of getting out and going outside of your own area we really wanted to express this with the Pathfinder and to respect the first Pathfinder, but also bring all the technologies of, of what Nissan is doing today. So it has some of the connectivity and things like that of Aria. So, you know, as a result, we, we feel we kind of are going to occupy a little bit of a unique space in the, in that spectrum because um, we are a little bit more on the authentic SUV side, even though it's a unibody vehicle. And let us take a little break and we'll be back with more. edition of the Total Car Score podcast and we have Alfonso Alvaiza, head of design of the Nissan Corporation. And uh, I guess, Lauren, do you want to ask an, another question? Because Alfonso, you're also involved in the infinity side of things, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I love infinity and I actually used to be a dealer trainer for them many years ago. Uh, but can you tell us what you're doing with Infinity to, to make a change? I mean, I think at one point it may have got lost its path because it was always something that competed with the Germans and people never thought about it. So you drove one. Can you tell us what, what your plans are for Infinity? Well, I think that what's, what is so interesting is, and, and probably, you know, because you were a trainer and, you know, as well as I know that, um, especially when Infinity was at their greatest, um, when we were really doing something special. For me, you know, I, I, it really started with the first Q45 and things like that. 
And if you really think about the Q45, the first one, this car was almost ignoring the world because other brands, when they go into the premium sector, they are very careful to benchmark what's happening a lot of times in Germany <laughs> um, right, because right. those are great things. But at that time, especially the ambition of design in the, in the late 80s was really to capture what is the unique value of our company. And, what, and especially Japanese premium. So the mm -hmm. company had a great confidence to look inward and also to look at what the other great cars are not providing. And I think, you know, then you, you start maturing and you start adding dealers and you probably start getting pressure. And then you start, you forget the singular vision is that we have a different meaning for people. There is no reason to make another German car. The German cars do wonderful German cars, um, yeah. but but there is room for a very wonderful, expressive, romantic, powerful Japanese premium car. So this is very well understood now. We we learned this lesson, and uh, of course the the big launch that we have coming up is 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 QX60, which uh -huh. is a uh, you know, our highest selling volume car and really the car that, especially in the U.S., the people want and need. They really need three rows. So we're, we try to focus on this product with those aspects of being powerful, being Japanese, um, but being sensual and being a bit romantic and but very technical. So we learned a lot from the, the journey. You know, I think for Infinity, like you said, it, we don't need any more German luxury cars. I'm, I'm kind of tired of everyone trying to make one. But there's still this desire to find your own identity, right? And to have a very clear identity. And I think that can be one of the challenges. I mean, if you were going to look at any kind of data-based analysis of the last 35 years of uh, luxury production, I think we could call Lexus a success, maybe... You know, the RX is about 80% of it, depending on how you want to find it. But one way or another, they've sold a lot of cars. Um, I think it's a harder call with brands like Acura and Infinity to define success for those brands. And, you know, I'm just wondering, from your perspective, how would you define success for a premium brand like Infinity, um, whether it's part of the sales volume or other elements to the brand that define success for you? Yeah, this is a great quick analysis you made because actually I have a lot of respect for um, Lexus and it's more the one that it's a, you know, it's a bit of a sensei, a Japanese teacher, I guess, because this is the most relevant for us and especially the sense of confidence of Lexus because, you know, in reality, Lexus takes a lot of, from a design side, they get a lot of very strong comments <laughs> and, but they have the confidence of their vision and they keep going and they, because they have a passion for what they're doing. And I think this is a big lesson that I think we maybe didn't have where we are a little bit worried. And I guess some about, you know, how people feel and are we doing the right thing? I believe Lexus believes they're doing the right thing. And I think time has proven that to be the case. And, and for us, as Ashwani Gupta, which is our new CEO, uh, COO, when we had a great chat when he came on board and we brought all the cars out. I brought out 36 full-size clay models and I divided my courtyard, Infinity and Nissan. And he said, Alfonso, simply tell me 
how I explain these. And I said, well, very basically, Nissan is Tokyo, Infinity is Kyoto. And then he ran with that. And, he, and then I watched him on a video <laughs> talking about Kyoto. Because I think this is the, what we need to realize who we are. What is the root? What is the value? And the, what Kyoto means for myself, it's a modern Kyoto, by the way, is it has a reverence for the hand, the artistry, the, the, the pigments, the, the way things are made, but is also looking forward and embracing technology and allowing the technology to work with this sense of bespoke handmade and it is Japanese. I, I, I strongly believe that there is warmth in the world for things that are designed from Japan. And, you know, I'm Cuban, so, you know, I'm a believer from the outside, right? But I, I, I still believe that, you know, the F, can I bore you with my favorite story about the FX? Please yeah. tell us. I was director in California at the time and and this is uh, 1999. And uh, back then we used to receive Federal Express packages with photos from Japan. And part of my job was to, to vote on Go With Ones. And this project came, I opened the envelope, these three wonderful designs and one was so special. First of all, it was a category that was very new. So I'm like, hmm, this is not really an X5. What is this? It's kind of coopish. But two of them were kind of angular and okay, and they look cool because the proportions are spectacular. But one of them was so special. And it honestly looked like an egg had swallowed an aircraft carrier. It was just beautifully simple, so simple, and from another planet. And I like it, it just reminded me of that feeling I have about Japan that this artistry, we have to respect the uniqueness. And even as people like myself who come from Miami and I'm from a different culture, we fall in love with this sense of uniqueness and we need to express it and embrace this, this mix of culture. And so I never forget that. And I, I am committed that every time we bring an infinity to market, it needs to speak differently. Of course, there can be a Cuban accent, but there's a Japanese accent. But this is our, our uniqueness and, you know, Lexus has theirs. They really are a reflection also of a different part of Japan. And, and I love them for that. Really, really great conversation with you, Alfonso. And I don't want to steal more time from you. And you keep working on the next uh, beautiful car from Nissan and Infinity. So I really want to thank you again. And I don't know, Lauren, you want to say a final thought? Well, I, I'm excited to see the big changes, you know, with Aria coming to the U.S. Um, I think this is something that was needed. I'm really looking forward to seeing the new technology, the new interfaces, all the new designs, and uh, and seeing what seeing all the exciting things that are behind the curtain that you can't show us. <laughs> uh, and there, yeah, because there is something after Nissan next. <laughs> wow! Oh, now we want to know. <laughs> And uh, Carl, as like everybody else, I'm sure you're really, really excited about when the Prada will come out, right? <laughs> well, sure, I'm I'm excited about that, but I'm even more excited about um, you know what the new Z looks like. Uh, you know, these early renditions of the Z are are pretty compelling, and so I'm uh, I'm anxious to see what the final version, as well as the uh, driving dynamics that it delivers.
So can you tell us in a minute, Alfonso, anything about it? Well, I, I think that uh, you will hopefully be pleased at how close it is. <laughs> and uh, and actually, the Good. driving of it is is very special drive, very special driving feeling. It right. it it's compelling to the heart and to the mind and to the memory and to the vision of tomorrow, all in one car. And it's a manual. So wow. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Thank you know. for that. Yay. <laughs> yes, we do. We definitely like the manual transmissions. Well, Alfonso, thank you very much again. And every time I talk to you, I have so much fun. I learn so much and I admire you more and more because like your story is amazing and what you're doing now it's it's also amazing. So thank you very much for your time again. Thank you. Thank you, Carl and Laurie. Thank you. And Javier. Thank you. For, thank you for joining us. Gracias. Appreciate your time, Alfonso. Thank you. Hope to see you soon. Bye. Yeah. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Carl. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more, check us out online at totalcarscore.com.